Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. This is part two of an episode with Catherine Ormerod, the journalist, influencer and author of Why Social Media is Ruining Your Life. We recorded this episode live at Waterstones in Gower Street, London. And the first part of this episode is episode 154. This is episode 155. And this is the part of the interview where we opened the conversation up to questions. So this episode consists of audience participation in the Q&A and Catherine answering those brilliant questions. Really wanted to include this part of the podcast because I think that the questions asked were really interesting and Catherine gave some brilliant answers. So thanks again for tuning in. And if you missed part one, then maybe listen to that one first before you tune into this one. Thanks again for listening to this podcast and here it is. Let's ask a few questions because I'm sure you have, I mean, we're all addicted to our phones, aren't we? If you're not, please come up and tell us how to not be addicted. Um, Thank you. Hi, I think what you're doing with the book is great. It's uh, opening up lots of permissions, I think, to to go, oh, I don't like it or whatever. Um, I'm a... A positive psychologist by trade and um, I was just wondering I always like to get a bit of positivity out of something do you have any good anecdotes uh, where social media has done something good for somebody for sure and I mean look from a health perspective you, you only have to see the amount of people that have found donors for kidneys or you know created communities around illness you know back in the 80s there was a, a piece of research done that said amongst um, epilepsy sufferers they only uh, only five percent had ever met anyone that had experienced epilepsy in their life you know so that was a very very lonely situation now we have literally hundreds of thousands of apps that create communities around all sorts of you know illnesses everything from hemophilia to asthma or whatever you know that there is amazing communities online that share resources share experiences empower people with illness and i think it's one of the most positive things about social media equally looking for people with identities which sit outside the norm you know maybe you grow up in a a really restrictive um western situation and you're uh, confused about your sexuality for example it's the classic example of social media how it can connect you with people that make you start to explore areas of your own identity in a really positive way and change your life they make you feel less alone social media can make you feel less alone for sure you know of course along with the great there aren't so great things but again it ends up being a conversation around take the good and leave the bad behind you know you know the title of your book do you think you are going to get quite a lot of well split opinion like obviously you have to read the book but the the title is very kind of the word is why though you know what what is it about it that's that's ruining your life because mm. i'm not saying social media is ruining your life i'm saying why it ruins your life and and that's because the way you use it and the way you perceive the content on it and there are two things that you can change you know mm. and they're amazing things look don't get me wrong like i i make my salary from social media you've made so many friends we've all made so many friends yeah i mean i I get to be a mum that stays at home with my child because of social media you know my mum was a single parent and had to go and 
pretend that she knew how to use a computer and become a secretary when she like broke up with my dad like i i instead have social media and i can make money and connect with people and also be at home with my child as well as paying the mortgage that that has to be a positive thing as well you know uh, it, it there are there are so many pros there really are but it entirely depends on the way that you use it and that's all about your mindset is equally about the mindset that you educate the next generation with and that is a responsibility which i no longer want to shirk you know because I don't want it to get 20 years down the line and, and then see the way my child's used it or perceived it or that that is the culture that I've been a part of building. I, I know now already that I've got to make a change and I think a lot of us have got to make a change if, if it's going to be okay. <laughs> my kids, your kids, everyone's yeah. kids, you know. Because isn't it Generation Alpha is like 2011 onwards and they, they, they're going to be really techy. They're going to be yeah. real techie. Real techie. So, you know, there has to be something out that outside of it. Mm -hmm. There has to be a conversation around it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, there's amazing positivity. Equally, I'm sure you know, if you're looking from a psychology point of view or a mental health point of view, there are incredible accounts that you can follow that help you readjust the way you might think about this, that or the other. Of course, it's never going to replace real talking therapies mm -hmm. or, you know, it, it's part of parcel of someone's you know general holistic attitude to wanting to make a change in their life read a self-help book have a look on an instagram account you know you're going to probably need to do a little bit more than that if things are really not going well for you or you can't pull yourself up out of a hole but equally it is all out there and mm. every subculture is represented we're all on social media you mm. know not just one version of person there's every person on there so yeah. You go seek out what you want in your life. I'm going to do that tonight. <laughs> um, do we have another question? Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. It was really interesting just listening to all of your perspectives. Um, when you were doing your research, was there a particular statistic or something that really stood out that shocked you more than other numbers that you were reading? Um, that 25% of girls under 14 are clinically depressed in the UK. That's a pretty heavy statistic that self-harming by girls in this country over the lifetime of social media has increased by 400%. You know, like, <laughs> this is, it isn't like a small thing. We all know, you know, every educator, every healthcare giver, every parent knows that something isn't great about social media. So, like, as much as I'm like, yeah, there are positives, let's take it with a pinch of salt. It's like there is, there are real and present dangers that we are not entirely taking on board. And as I said, we know and don't know at the same time. And I think that it's, that's the almost strangest part of it. Because you can say there's a link, but there's no real piece of research yet, of is there, not. that is like... Well, this is directly, yeah, but know. but we all know that it, it exactly. has to be something to do with that. Of course, has we to do. Be. Like, I, I mean, that, that's just from my perspective. The way I know that it's made me feel, and I'm like a seasoned, I mean, actual adult, you know, mm -hmm. like, and it 
can sometimes make me feel terrible. I had to come off social media on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not talking about something that I, I dealt with a long time ago. Like I've been doing a lot. Obviously, I, I've set up a social media campaign around this, which is hysterical and ironic. However, it's today's water cooler. So let's not pretend if you want to get a message out that you don't have to be doing it on there as well, <laughs> you know. How else am I going to talk to people when my platform's on social media? It's mm-hmm. it's such a, a, a tricky thing to navigate. Um, but anyway, so I'm on social media a lot. I'm lo- looking a lot at the messages that other women are putting out there with the hashtag, which if you're interested is hashtag why social media is ruining your life. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of all does what it says on the tin. But, um, you know, and I've really, I did a whole load of them myself I put up pictures from the past that I'd posted and in the past I'd been like hey sunny day or whatever you know and this time around I was like you know it was sunny but actually this was what was going on in my life and I've encouraged a lot of other women to share as well and the results of it have been amazing and incredible that so many people would support it and put themselves out there because it takes courage it really does and it's interesting what you were saying about has to be in hindsight because I don't know if I will say it's a rubbish day when it's a rubbish day because I'm still like getting through the rubbish day whereas going back to a photo from three years ago I can say the truth it's interesting I that's the way at least that's my personal philosophy obviously other people are like it kind of takes away from the fact that you're going through something I don't know it, it's a it's a thorny one for me personally from my own mental health perspective I should be sharing something that I've already processed myself mm-hmm. that feels like a healthy way to do it it's as supporting for <laughs> other women but it doesn't deplete me in a time of crisis mm-hmm. because you know it's difficult putting yourself out there in any context being honest about things that people don't talk about breaking taboos it's hard. Mm. I feel so lucky that I only had 30 minutes on MSN a night. And then the phone would just be unhooked. Yeah, but you is, know, like... It's crazy. Even one of the, another amazing thing about social media is that women have really started to talk about miscarriages in a different way. For example, it used to be this really hidden, shameful thing, and now it's not. We've started to talk about the postpartum body in a different way. You know, that was hidden from view. How many magazine covers have been sold off the back of Demi Moore style baby bumps but then as soon as you've had the child yeah no one wants to see that until a year later and you've got it back into control social media has busted that we now see those bodies we see what they look like and that is so important for women I had no idea what that looked like before like I didn't i I got pregnant and the only reason I know I ended up finding out was because of social media. And that has to be something amazing, you know. Mm, Definitely. So (laughs) what it giveth, it taketh away. And you're the only one that really is in control of really, really taking the good and leaving the bad Mm. behind. So I think we've got time for one more question. Hi. um, My question is about... um, Sorry. Um, about social media and friendships and I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on how you think it's um, affecting friendships and friendship groups and how people kind of catch up with each other and stuff. So interesting this one. So from a a research perspective there's a kind of number that's called the it's the Dunbar number if you read the book you can hear a bit about it Um, but apparently as individuals and from the beginning from the day dot you know Big Bang when we created social groups um, 
the the furthest extent that we can hold on to to a network is meant to be about 150 connections. Okay. Now I don't know about you, <laughs> but I talk to more than 150 people these days. I think social media can connect us to thousands. Obviously, for some people with huge followings, millions of people. And there's a big conversation around how much it takes away from your real friendships, the fact that you're investing in these potentially ersatz ones, people that you don't know, people that you're somewhat invested in perhaps or maybe not invested in at all, but maybe you feel some level of obligation to speak to. How long are you spending talking to them? Are you ever going to meet them in real life? You know, Are they ever going to meet your family or be part of your social circle? It's difficult. Equally, what does it mean if you can't leave your house? What if you're sick? Or what if there's something else going on? What if you're caring for a family member? Are those people your only lifeline? You know, So you can see it from both sides of the coin. Social media and digital connections, they, they can be both depleting but also amazingly life-affirming depending on your context. What I'll say is... From my experience, I have two different accounts, and they're very, very different in nature. One of them, obviously, is all fashion, and life looks pretty good, even though, obviously, I've talked about, like, some seriously not good moments in my life <laughs> recently. Um, you know, but it is. It's lifestyle. It is what we expect on social media. The other account is, like, a very raw, honest account of what it's like to be a mum and you're a complete amateur, and you're lonely, and you don't have many people around you. So one of them gets lots and lots of likes, the other one gets lots and lots of messages. And I speak to people all the time, people that have supported me in a way that I don't, I've got a massive gap in my life, I don't have those people in real life to support me. So I can talk about it on both sides of the coin. The people that I talk to quite often on my main account they're not necessarily giving me anything, you know. I don't. We don't connect with with each other on a deeper level. The people that I talk to on my account as being a mum, it's a completely different thing. Like I know their names. I know the names of their children. I've met them in real life. They they've become part of my social circle. They are my support system. So I guess this is one that I stand very much on the you know the the kind of like uh, fence on because I do think that it, there are opportunities to be there. The difference between the two accounts, and obviously now I've done this new campaign on the bigger account, things have changed a bit, but I was very um, vulnerable in, in my motherhood account. And I think that that is why I have built these much deeper relationships. Um, and I definitely think there's a difference between active and passive use. Like if you go onto social media and you just lurk and you creep and you consume other people's best versions of themselves, you are never going to get anything but crap out of it. If you connect with people, if you, you know, say something amazing to them or like, you know, say you have affected me today because of this. I've read this and this has made me feel this way. And then they respond to you and you build a, an amazing rapport with each other. It's a completely different thing, you know. It, again, it's the two uses. Mm. Um, I do think that social media and 
to be honest, messaging apps have changed the nature of friendships. I find it very difficult to have difficult conversations with my friends now. Um, I feel like I would never spontaneously call them. I feel like I have to kind of pre-warn them that they might get a telephone call. <laughs> oh, I might be calling you in five minutes because <laughs> I'd like to organize to see you sometime, just in case you were doing something else because I wouldn't want to interrupt you. That would be so rude. <laughs> like, what is that? You know, it, and I think that's that in some ways is a generational thing. Like, you know, my mum still picks up the phone when she wants to talk to a girlfriend. Whereas I feel like you kind of need permission to call on the phone now. Mm -hmm. I'm quite nervous of the phone when the, the, the phone calls. Going wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'll say one small story about my boyfriend. Um, I was doing a lot of tindering. There's a whole section about my romantic life in this book. <laughs> Anyway, I was tindering hard, and uh, <laughs> and um, I'd met loads of guys, as you do, you know, you know, Jake turned into John, turned into Phil, turned into someone else, you know, <laughs> and it was kind of like I wasn't sleeping with them all, just so you know. <laughs> I mean, I probably should have looking back, but anyway, I didn't know how quickly I was going to meet my partner. Anyway, the the massive thing that he did that kind of like shocked my system is that he called me to ask me out on a date. Wow. I was like literally are you a criminal <laughs> like I was like what is wrong with this guy like he must be really into me <laughs> you know because I couldn't fathom why he would call me and not whatsapp or text me and I think that it, that's quite normal feeling for a lot of us like we've become so avoidant in our relationships I don't feel like I have those DMC late night conversations with my girlfriends anymore I feel like the the kind of superficial connections that I have on social media has bled over maybe to an extent in my in real life versions of my relationships and I think that's something to be really lamented I and blame Facebook's maybe button because the minute that they'd made that a thing it's really rude saying maybe to a party it really you should is say yes rude. or no yeah it maybe exactly. means maybe uh, unless, something unless better I get a better along. offer yeah, yeah exactly it should be yes I'm coming and then you would have to apologize for not being able to make it you know, that's that's manners. Like, yeah. we've become really ill-mannered. Truth. Know. We have. That's and, true. And I'm as guilty of it as anyone else. So thanks um, for coming tonight, everyone. <laughs> yeah, you, you all could have said out. maybe, thanks. and it could have been an empty room. But, um, well, Do you know what? To be honest, we'd have still probably talked. Yeah, you know, well, just it's going the on the podcast. Wouldn't have been wasted. <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> but it's so, so nice to have had you all here. Um, yeah, it's such a it's such an interesting and tricky topic and and this book is really needed equally and i i think look i don't have all the answers in the world i'm not an anthropologist or a psychologist i'm just someone that's been involved in social media for quite a long time and you know worked in an ana in an analytical industry and have done my best to tease my experiences through it and research as much as I possibly can to come to a position where I can start the conversation, but I'm not ending it, you know, like we've all got to end this together and it's got to be something that we're all talking about and really, really teasing through because it is not straightforward. All I have to say is five years ago, no one was using Instagram. Not really. A few pioneers, like we didn't care about it. Very few people were using YouTube you know like a lot of us were probably on Facebook but we were putting like you know messages on people's walls mm. we were saying oh I, I love your outfit on their wall for everyone else to see you know you, there was the, or like let's come round to my house on Thursday at 7.30 uh, shall I bring a glass of 
rosé? Like, we, we put that on people's walls for everyone else to read. <laughs> you know, we weren't using any of these things. They didn't exist. Mm. And that means that five years ago, if that's happened, in five years' time, we we could be in as different a situation, you know, so... Which I talk about in the multi-hyphen method. Y- you, you might have in heard. In terms of careers. We <laughs> yeah. just don't know, so we can we, all be we just, a bit easier exactly. on ourselves. Exactly. So I think, you know, it feels like we're at crisis point for a lot of us. I think that you probably can empathise with that. But it isn't something that we can't change. It isn't something that's been like our grandparents, grandparents, grandparents have had to deal with. It's not something like, for example, fertility, which is a biological scenario, which women for every generation since women existed have dealt with. This is something that is like a snippet of culture. Mm -hmm. And we have the ability to completely guide its future. And everyone in this room has to be part of that. You know, I can't just do it on my own. This has to be a collective action amongst women and amongst men, of course. But, you know, specifically this book is about womanhood and modern womanhood at that. And we are all responsible for it. And on that note, (laughs) thank you so, so much again and everyone for coming. Thank you.